Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. Uh, have you? Are you back from Hastings? I am. Um, we got back yesterday afternoon. Uh, did you have a good time? Yeah, it was really nice. We went to some little museums. We went to the Fisherman's, Fisherman's Museum and the Shipwreck Museum, oh. which... I love little tiny museums. Yeah, me too. They're just so good. Mm. They're just almost, yeah, yeah, I just think they're great. So, yes, we had a very nice time. Thank you. How about you? Yeah, I had a um, a normal, normal work time, but... Um... <laughs> that's good, though. Yeah, that's good. good. No catastrophes, which is nice. Um, <laughs> that's always marvellous. Yeah. And um, you sent me a photo of a book you were reading. Yes, I, oh, I finished it now, I so enjoyed it, it's Rosamund Bernier, Some of My Lives, a scrapbook memoir, that's the full title, mm -hmm. and it's so interesting, because I don't know if you know her. No, I don't know her at all. Okay, well, she was half British, half American, grew up in America, in Philadelphia mainly, but then other places, and sort of very wealthy background. And then she just has this kind of, well, I don't know if you can even say one life. She has this like incredible life. She gets married quite young and goes to Mexico. So she's like in Acapulco and Mexico City and like building houses with her husband and has this entire kind of menagerie of animals with her, which is wonderful. I mean, wouldn't we all like a menagerie? Mm. menagerie? And she meets Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo. And just, she gets to know so many artists. And it seems to me from reading it that she's like a really brilliant guest. Like she's a very, which sounds like a weird thing. Yes. But I think she's she's like a very charming person and very engaging and very thoughtful. And she just gets to know loads of artists and she does all kinds of different things. And she goes to Paris and she gets kind of headhunt. She's in New York at one point, and um, so is that between chase. is that between the the wars or? Well, kind of just after the war, she. Um, well, I think sort of like forty six ish. She oh, okay. becomes the first European features editor for Vogue. Wow! So she like goes to Paris in forty six with Eric. You know the the illustrator. Oh yes. Mm. And to cover the first Paris collections post-war. Wow. And she, you know, she does, like, amazing things with them. But she, then she's really, like, she's mainly interested in art rather than... I mean, she's really sort of personally interested in fashion. So she gets to know all the major artists. I mean, it's insane. It's as though she knew every single artist you can think of. Mm. And so I just really enjoyed it because the book is kind of... It's called a scrapbook memoir and it's... I think it's sort of, most of it is sort of things that were half written for other things, for, for journals or, because she set up this um, art journal in Paris in 1955, I think, called Loy, mm. which was in French and, you know, broke stories on all these, like, amazing art things. And so there's, like, loads, it, it's it's very kind of collage -y, but that's sort of nice because she's, it's kind of modern art that she's talking about, so it seems to sort of go that it's this collage of different experiences and different times in her life. And then later in life, she starts giving public lectures and she wears her couture gowns <laughs> to do that, which I think is something 
we should really consider. Yeah, I think we should. And I think so, and I, I wonder if there's a couturier who'd like to sponsor us in this. Mm. I'd like to um, have a couture jumpsuit, please. Oh, that would be so good. Mm. It would be perfect. Mm. If, if, there, if there's a couturier out there who would like to make you an array of jumpsuits... Yeah, that I'd love to marvelous. hear. I'd love to hear from them. I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm touch. ready. We need to know. Mm. That would be so good. So she's just really fascinating, and I really love how. Well, there's kind of really interesting things like Frida Kahlo kind of saying to her, "Oh, I'm going to sort of get you ready to, you know, because she feels what she's wearing isn't juicy enough." <laughs> so Frida Kahlo, you know, puts flowers in her hair and dresses her up. But there's also things that I really like, because I really love Matisse. I just think he's wonderful. And it made me love him even more, because there's lots of times when she got to know him really well. So she talks about how he was really interested in fashion. Oh, really? And always, like, always took note of what she wore and would really appreciate it. Like, she would wear, you know, a particularly nice print dress or something when she went to see him, because she knew he'd enjoy seeing it and comment on it and she goes to see him and she's wearing an orange balenciaga coat and he says you must wear a yellow scarf with that <laughs> so he sort of makes suggestions and she talks about how when he wasn't um bedridden and ill that he was very elegant himself and would wear sort of loose raw silk jackets and he liked wearing a blue sweater and a blue tie to match his blue eyes which i like that's interesting. And I wouldn't have thought that, that about nice? him. No, yeah. I know you don't kind of get that, but she said mm. he was always very neat and put together. And I love this idea that he appreciated what other people wore as well. And apparently he would always go in the early days with his wife and daughter to Pourpoix when they went to get gowns. He would want to go with them and kind of sit mm. in on everything. So I really like that because that's something you don't, yeah, you don't really know about. No. Or I know about him and I like the idea that he was thinking I want things that match my eyes as well that's really lovely mm. and he really appreciated flowers so like she'd bring him flowers when she saw him whereas Picasso not interested in what other people are wearing <laughs> at all not interested in his own clothes lived in complete chaotic mess but apparently when Gary Cooper went to visit him once in um the south of France, he gave him his Stetson, which Picasso was thrilled with, and so spent the rest of the holidays holidays just wearing the Stetson and white shorts. Wow. So that's quite a good outfit. Yeah. So I really like it that you get these little snapshots. Yeah. And, and like sort of Louise Bourgeois wearing kind of layers and, ha and apparently had like all her clothes going back to childhood, but then would use them in her artworks. Wow. as well and was really kind of really kind of deeply connected it seems to sort of previous clothes but also family photographs mm. and could get very emotional about them so i love all those kind of little snippets that you get and does besides she, sorry go on does she talk about getting couture clothes at all at some point she or, does mm. a bit i mean i have to say uh, for me I really loved the book, but the one frustration is I, I kind of want to hear more because mm. she tells you about going to Paris and doing this and that, but she doesn't really go into massive detail. But there's really nice stuff about Balenciaga and going there and 
how he liked her. She thinks because because she talks about how reclusive he was and he didn't socialize at all. But she says that she thinks he liked her because Picasso put in a good word for her as a fellow Spaniard. Uh. And so the Vendeurs told her they knew she couldn't afford Paris Balenciaga. So they gave her the contact details for the French um, textile makers where they got their textiles and then told her which to buy. And then she took them to the Madrid branch of Balenciaga, which Paris Balenciaga said didn't have good fabrics. Interesting. So she took her French fabrics mm. to, the, to the Madrid, if you're following me. Yes. Realise it's very common. Then they made it up for her in the styles that she liked best that she'd seen in the Paris show. Then she took it back to Paris and they said, oh, they can't fit properly. So the Paris Balenciaga then kind of fitted it properly for her. How interesting. I know. It sounds very bonkers. But they they seem to have been super kind to her because they knew she couldn't have, you know, afford loads. And so she got quite a lot of Balenciagas. Um, And and some of her clothes are at the Met, at the Costume Institute at the Met because... She donated them, and obviously, and she she gave lots of lectures there as well. But isn't that funny about Balenciaga? Yeah. And what did she lecture on? Did she lecture on art? Or? On art. Mm. Yeah. There's a, there's a clip that I'll send you the link for where it's part of her farewell lecture at the Met because I think she lived to be a hundred and she was still, <laughs> you know, kind of lecturing in her nineties, where she talks about the Balenciaga actually that she that is in the book. Um, which is really great. Um, so yeah, and there, there's like an interview that there's there's sort of an interview with Chanel, which mm-hmm. I found very. It's kind of very funny what she says about Chanel. Um, it's when Chanel um, came back in the fifties. Yeah. So she sort of says about how nobody really knows what happened. You know that obviously we all know that Chanel was living at the Ritz with a Nazi during mm. the war and that she was told to sort of get out because, you know, bad things would happen to her. So she went to Switzerland. The, na- the Nazi officer she had been involved with goes to Switzerland as well. She is at one point hauled in by the authorities in Paris, but, you know, two hours later was let out and nobody knows what happened in those two hours mm. as to how she was then released but it's really funny her sort of description of her um how she sort of gives this monotone monologue chanel that you don't really ask questions but how she's so sort of compelling that she, she you know she doesn't pause she just keeps going and that you just you know that she just rosamund bernier was just kind of staring at her for the whole time um that she gave this sort of monologue and she's interesting on Karl lagerfeld as well and how kind of amazing he is in terms of keeping track of everything and reading so much and everything else but can I just read you there's this one bit which I think is like the greatest excuse for missing a deadline that I've ever (laughs) oh I need that I need that in the world yeah write this down okay so Andre Breton was supposed to write something for Loy right yeah and I won't read it in French but the translation is he says that you know so it's like, Madam, in spite of high regard for you, I regret to tell you that I cannot write your article. Why not? I gasped. Because I have been bewitched by an evil object. <laughs> that's fantastic. Isn't that the greatest yeah, excuse that's so ever? That's good. 
That's so good. Because I mean, how you can't break into that? No. How do you? You can't. You can't say, "Well, show me this." Or don't be ridiculous.、Object. You can't no, say that. No, it's、really. just so kind of intense.、Mm. You're just like, okay, I understand. That's it. Yeah. So I was very, very pleased. Oh, that's very good to know. I shall remember that. Yeah.、Mm. Yeah. I'll I'll send you it in French and English so that、okay. you know, depending on which editors you're working、yeah. with, you, you have it ready. <laughs> yeah. As a reason why you can't. Oh, that that sounds a great book. I I really want to read、so、it. So much fun.、Mm. How did yeah, you come across and, her? Well, actually, I, I wanted to say this lovely、um, writer Leslie Kami, who is an Instagram friend, and she's also a mutual friend of Satish, my lovely Satish Padia, who is my lovely colleague at the、mm. Courtauld.、Um, I had posted something on Eric, an Eric illustration, some time ago, and she said to me, "Oh, there's a mention of him in Rosamund Bernier's." Book, so I immediately ordered it, and then it's just sat there in my great big pile of books to read.、Mm. Um, so I, I got it, and there's a really lovely interview that she did with、um, Rosamund Bernier, I think in in the 2000s, sort of about five years before she died, on Vogue.com.、Mm. That's really really good.、Um, so I so it's so I have Leslie to thank、um, mm. for this because it's I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, it really is. And and how about you? What have you been up to? Well, I I went a bit mad on Thursday, and I I booked in three visits in one day, which I'm not sure I've ever done. I don't know what got into me.、Um, <laughs> That's such a lot of work. <laughs> yes, exactly. I hadn't really thought this through.、Um, so it went from、um, it actually was in reverse sort of date order in a way. So someone looked at 18th century altered things. Um, someone, one of your students, looked at nineteen twenties painted things, and、yes. then、um, there were these two people,、um, costume designers, who did some research for a film, which they were super discreet about.、Um, okay. So I don't know what it is for.、Um, I have a suspicion, but I'm not going to say anything because I obviously don't、of、want、course. anyone to know.、Um, so, but we, we, what we were looking at was nineteenth-century garments, and they were quite keen on. Eighteen sixties, but bizarrely, menswear-wise, we don't really have seventies and eighties.、Um, that's funny. Yeah, so I I sometimes wonder whether things are misdated because menswear is so difficult to date. Yes.、Um, but I I don't think it is that. So I I I was wondering why why it was. I I'm not quite sure. I think that I mean there was a sort of quite a bit quite a big change, but that's. That still doesn't doesn't explain it. But anyway, so we we were looking at we have we did find some eighteen sixty stuff, but we predominantly looked at、um, male dress from the eighteen nineties. So eighteen nineties we have a lot again, endless. Well,、ah. not endless, but we have a lot of morning suits. <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of frock coats. So and and what always strikes me when I look at menswear,、um, and I know that's a really obvious thing,、uh, is how many pockets they get. <laughs> I mean, the craziest I think we've got is、uh, we didn't look at it this time, but I love it. It's one of my favourite menswear things we have. Is a nineteen thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine. I'm not sure. Tweed、um, country suit, so it's knickerbockers or even plus fours,、oh, wow. and a jacket and a waistcoat. And I think it has seventeen pockets. Seventeen. Seventeen. One seven. It's totally crazy. And the、uh, the suit we looked at. 
this week, there was one double-breasted waistcoat that alone had two four pockets on the outside and then you opened it up and it had two more big big patch pockets on the inside um and that was just the waistcoat what were all these secret things i know we're having to carry so, i mean i suppose they would well they wouldn't be carrying bags is that why they're just yes they I, need I, somewhere to put their lipstick <laughs> yes probably their pom- pomade <laughs> or however you say pomade yeah. I, I don't know, I guess, I mean, it, one thing is the watch, of course, because I think yeah. that's still pre, pre-wristwatch. pre I'm not actually sure when wristwatches come in. Is it during the First World War? I think it must be something like that. I'm not sure. Um, so you need your watch, and then usually they have a coin pocket somewhere, although I never quite yeah. totally get the point of coin pockets because they always seem too small to put much in it yes but then i'm not sure i guess papers money i'm not i'm not quite sure um but it it must be that because they don't yeah they don't really really have bags but then women at that particular period don't really have bags either in a big way i mean they have small ones but i guess to me it always seems to say men have important stuff to carry around with them and women um, don't. No. Yeah. So I find that, yeah, I've always find that quite striking when I when I look at men's and at women's wear. And then we looked at some eighteen sixties women's garments, and we primarily have you know silk evening gowns, that kind of stuff. Um, and one, and and they usually have at least one pocket. Um, mm. Interestingly, but you can't. Usually, oh, that's good. Yeah, you can't usually see it from the outside. You usually have to look on the inside, find the pocket bag, ah. and then try and figure out where how you get into the pocket. And this one, I just couldn't find it. And it was, I think it was a pre-crinoline skirt with deep flounces, like 20 centimeters or more. And it was underneath the one of the flounces. Um, wow. So, so you really have to fish around. Yeah, and I thought you can't really do that in polite company. No. Would you lift your flounce and... I mean, that just sounds filthy. Yes, exactly. Lifting your flounce. Yeah, yeah. So... No lady would do that. No. And you should... I mean, sometimes the, the funniest ones are the ones... I mean, I, I'd love to do something. I'm sure someone has done this already on, on, on pockets in 19th century garments. So the most interesting ones are the ones in, in bustle dresses. Um, wow. Because they're often I in the bustle. I love bustle dresses. So they're at the back, in the bustle, not necessarily easy to find. So again, and often they're quite long and um, long and thin. And for ages, I couldn't figure out what that was for. And maybe it was maybe it was with a student group from you or another one. I said that I didn't understand why they had this weird shape. And then someone said they're for fans. And then, of course, of course it all yes. made sense. But again, how do you get to it? Because that is even worse than lifting up your flounce, I think, is sort of half contorting, <laughs> could contorting yeah. yourself. Um, Rooting so you, around in your bustle. In your bustle. Equally bad. Yeah. Equally bad. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I, and also, aren't like 19th century, aren't the backs of, of bodices and jackets really tightly cut and like little armholes? Yes, that's so true, actually. So reaching backwards be quite a mm. tricky thing? Yeah, Would that's your true. maid have to fetch it for you? I don't know. Maybe I did then wonder, maybe when you sit down, it's a bit easier. Oh, maybe when you sit down, it kind mm. of lifts up. So maybe then. Mm. So maybe maybe that's how it works. I'm, I'm not quite sure. It's interesting sometimes even 
Also the very tight bodices, they sometimes manage to fit in a little pocket somewhere. Um, but that's that's quite rare. Usually there's just one, usually yeah. not two, just one in the skirt. Um, and yeah, again, if they're not all these sort of long ones for fans. So I, again, I'm wondering what, what do you put in there? Um, Your handkerchief? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Mm. Mm. And is it the same with, with sort of more working class women's wear? Well, we don't really have that. Uh, from that period so yes. we, we have very few few dresses there's one yesterday we came across um which was very simple sort of linen fabric uh, uh but we didn't actually that wasn't what they were interested in so I, we didn't actually take that out but i thought i must take that out and have a have yeah. a proper proper look at it um and then i was wondering how this how this continues this bag or not bag situation and um it, i just find it interesting that i mean a lot of men now do wear have bags they have sort of rucksacks yes. or or satchels or something but um often i think often you, men still get more pockets than women i think oh they do i mean that's another reason why i love my my beautiful mid-century american lady designers mm. because they all do marvelous pockets i mean claire mccardle everything has two generous pockets at least and there's the Vera Maxwell travel coat that you unzip the pockets on the coat which are on the outside and it has like plastic lines lining so that with little compartments so you can put all your makeup and toiletries in your travel coat you know there's like a bonnet cash in with a purse on the outside you know it's so good so mm. clever and just everything as standard comes with pockets because yeah even now i mean some brands are great and everything has pockets mm. but others it's like you really think this is stupid that this doesn't have a pocket yeah it's not a single one yeah sometimes you yeah. get a dress and there's just nothing and not an evening dress a sort of you know i can get that maybe but um but yeah it's 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 very strange um but then i really like evening dresses with a pocket because it kind of suddenly makes it much more nonchalant in a way that I think is very elegant. And also, I, if I think about functions, for want of a better mm. word, at the museum, um, I, I don't really wear dresses so much anymore. But when, when I used to, these days, you sort of need to have your phone on you. Yes, um, yes. And so you walk around all the time with your phone in your hand, which looks really Yeah, it's really, really silly. annoying. And then if you have a drink, and then you're trying to, it, yeah, mm. it becomes very difficult very quickly. But once you've got all your couture jumpsuits, yeah. you'll be fine though, because yeah. you'll have pockets. Yeah, no, then then everything will be all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's weird that pockets were originally a separate thing as well. Yeah, I don't know whether they always were, but in the 18th century, obviously, they were. I was sort of, mm. I was wondering about 17th century, but I don't know enough about that um but yeah definitely they sort of seem to go backwards and forwards they sort of have in the 18th century you have the pockets underneath and then then they go outside and then for a while i think in the 1830s 40s i don't know women it sort of almost seems that women didn't have any you know any way of taking stuff with them um and then yeah you get them you get both you get them get them sort of in the clothes and you get small small handbags um i was also wondering but that's a whole other topic why what you know why women 
why women have handbags and what they've got in them and because I'm quite I would be quite keen to not have a handbag anymore but I oh I know I I mean it sometimes I love having a bag but then but then I'm always trying to not have one as well mm. I'm conflicted because I like a nice bag but then yes it is better if you can carry most things mm. on you and I was also thinking about sometimes you see young lads again for want of a better word who wear super skinny jeans mm. but then they have all their possessions about them oh that's just so bad they that's have, so bad yeah. i don't like that when they have like it looks like they've got great a bunch of grapes in their pocket <laughs> yeah and foam and, and i know and it's just i remember when i was in um sweden that there was i i, I talked to this man who was like a denim designer because you know they have so many nice denim mm. brands there and he was saying to me about how how the I mean this is like about 10 years ago that schnuff it was called which I think is like what do you call it like tobacco that you sniff oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that that was really popular with young men then and so you could see that and it came in like a a circular tin a small circular Mm -hmm. tin and so you could see this like worn out ring on the outside of men's jeans which was their schnuss mm. where they'd they'd had that in that in there which was quite funny yeah or but I remember... no I, I i don't like that i think men should think more about what they're putting in their pockets because like it, it it's not a good look no. as you say particularly if you have skinny jeans mm. and then you just and like you can see that they've taken such care of their outfit mm. but then they've just stuffed their pockets with all kinds of nonsense that then but then what are they going to do otherwise? Um, I was trying to... Have an attractive fanny pack. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That would work. I was trying to find something earlier. About maybe five years ago, I noticed in Paris, in the underground, that a lot of young, predominantly black men, were wearing bags. And they were often, I think, Louis Vuitton bags. And they yeah. were very flat bags. They were almost like folded over with just a zip oh, I know at the, the top. Ones you mean. Yes. And um, I was trying, and it it did seem to be a thing. And I almost secretly wanted to take some photos, but then I thought that's mm. not the right thing to do. And I've been trying to find out about that, but I I don't quite know. I'm probably not using the right words, or I I also think in France they're not so interested in street style or. Um, I don't know. I think you get some. I suppose you get some interesting street style, but also like an appreciation of well, like think of rappers. A lot of them have good bag. That's Accessorizing. Mm. So it's kind of part of thinking about fashion in a more interesting way. Mm. And I mean, rappers are so influential on. In terms of menswear and in terms of being much, much, much more adventurous mm. with menswear. Mm. Well, I'm going to Paris on Monday evening, oh, so okay. I'm going to look. Yeah, I'm gonna please. Look. And I didn't want to say that there isn't street style. It's more, I think people are not so interested in writing about it. But it, as I said, it oh, might, I guess, yeah, it might really just mean not, you know, using the right words. So, yeah, please do some research. When are I'm you going, did you research. say? On Monday evening. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, just for a couple of days. Oh, wonderful. To see my friend, Victoria. Oh, very nice. 
Yes. Um, so that will be super. And I'm hoping to see the Alaya exhibition and yeah. the Magela. Magela. Because you know the Magela, the Hermes Magela that we mm -hmm. saw in Antwerp is now at the um, Musée des Arts Décoratifs. Oh, it's the same I... one. I didn't yeah. realise. I thought yeah. it was a different one. I don't one. think I'll have time to see that one, but there's a big retrospective of his work at the Palais Galliera yeah, right. that I want to see. Mm. Oh, you must tell me all about it oh, next I week. Will. I will. And aren't you going to Germany? Yeah, so I'm going to report about the Jill Sander um, oh, exhibition, so which I should just about manage to catch, but I, I might not have seen it yet by the next weekend, so I'm going on Friday, but um, oh, okay. yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about that. Yes, I very much want to hear about that as well. Okay, well, okay. it's been great to talk to yes, you. Yes, as always. As, as always, and as always, we make progress with our plans yes. for you to have a whole wardrobe of, of jumpsuits. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, then. See you soon. Yeah, take care. Bye. And you, bye.